Tonight we're going to discuss the greatness of the Bible, the depth of the Bible, the wonders of the Bible, and what an exciting book it is. I'm glad to see you here tonight, both members and visitors alike. Let's go to God, please, in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your greatness and for your might, for allowing us to know you. But better than that, Lord God, for, for you knowing us, for knowing us by name, for knowing every hair follicle that falls from our head. Lord God, thank you for knowing each sparrow that falls from the sky. Thank you for knowing us intimately. Help us, Lord God, to be better, to do better, to honor you in all things, and to rely and trust in you. Pray, Lord God, that you will bless us in this worship tonight, that you will clear our minds of worldly thoughts, and help us to be prepared to worship you, the Almighty. Thank you for Jesus, your great Son, who so willingly and lovingly died that we might live. In Jesus' name we pray and thank thee, if it be that will. Amen. Second Timothy, please. Chapter 2. The Bible, the most reliable book in the entire world. There's never been one like it. There will never, ever be one like it. The Bible is proven great in every way. It has been debated on so many levels of so many types of intellectual people have debated the Bible and even those of younger mindset. And yet, every time the Bible has proven itself to be true over and over and over again. And what has it done? It's changed the lives of so many people. It's, it's prevented wars. It's, it's done so many wonderful things as it influences the decisions of humanity. The Word of God, every time you open the book up, I almost ought to put a smile on your face. You can read it and study it. Think about this for a lifetime and never become full. You can read it for a lifetime and never become uh, bored, if you will, of it. You can read it for a lifetime and never say that you haven't gotten something from the Word of God. This book is an amazing book. It is the Word of God. Read it, study it, memorize it, commit to it. Verse 15, study to show yourself approved unto God or be diligent to show yourself approved unto God. God, the workmanship. What I love about this verse, before I get into the workmanship, is it's the one thing we can do to show ourselves approved is by studying his book. Isn't that great? I mean, it's not people say, well, we fight over works, right? There are, there are no works. And yet here the Bible tells you, study this is a work to show yourself approved unto God. They say, we can't work. It's like, they haven't read their Bibles. It's the one thing I can do that I just sit down and read the Word of God, and I am presenting myself someone, an individual, who's approved to God. And God reveals His Word to us and opens up the amazing wonders of the Scriptures. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed Handling accurate the word of truth. And we've got to handle it accurately. But what an amazing book. Turn to Joshua chapter 1. It's an absolutely amazing book. It is exciting. The word of God is exciting. It has everything you'll ever need to know inside of it. And has more than you'll ever know inside of it. And anything you can think of, you'll find the answer inside of it. It may take a lifetime, but it's there. Joshua chapter 1, as Joshua was preparing to go into the promised land, verse 8, God says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, 
so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. From meditating, I thought it was from training in the art of war. No, meditate on it. Live by it. Trust it. You can trust the word of God. It's an amazing and a beautiful book. In Luke 21, in verse 33, the Bible says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. What's amazing about this book is it will meet us on the day of judgment. Isn't it great? It's an open book test, right? God's already told us. You just have to read it. You have to find the joy and allow the word of God to come alive in your heart. Isaiah 34. You have to let it in. Let God in. Let God, allow God to speak to you. And allow the word to become real inside of you. And when you read it, see. See, if you will, in the in your mind, the picture, the image of the author as he's writing, as Jesus, as God is relaying the message to us. See what God wants you to see. Hear what God wants you to hear. And feel what God wants you to feel. In Isaiah 34 and verse 16, the scripture says, Seek from the book of the Lord and read. Not one of these will be missing. Not one will lack its mate. For his mouth has commanded and his spirit has gathered them. I love that song, Ancient Words. But on the other side, aren't they present words as well? Right? I mean, the Bible is ancient, but it's also present. Right? It's a book of books for all of humanity forever and ever and ever. Proverbs chapter 1, inside of this book, it's, it's written in such a way, inside of this book, a third grader can understand it. And even the most intellectual mind can understand it. And yet, on every subject, God opens up the heart and the mind of individuals. And I'll tell you something, those uh, third graders can ask you some questions that make you say, I've never thought of it that way, right? Ask a third grade teacher, a Bible school teacher. And let's say, yeah, I haven't thought about that question, right? The Bible and God's word is absolutely incredible and it's deep. The knowledge that God has in the word is inexhaustible. There's no way you can outmaneuver or outsmart God, right? Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Who's despised wisdom and instruction? In the fear of God, Proverbs chapter 2, In the fear of God, there's this knowledge that's revealed to humanity. An amazing depth of knowledge. And it continues to grow and grow and grow. In verse 4, it says, If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity. The word of God, the depth of the word of God. How deep? Well, how deep do you want to go? Daniel chapter 2. How deep do you want to go? There, there have been scholars who have looked at this book. They have debated this book. They have struggled over this book. And God reveals the depths of his knowledge. Think about dreams. God would give to some of those great leaders dreams. It would trouble them. And they couldn't understand it. And it wasn't until God revealed the knowledge of the dream that the mind and the heart was open. They'd say, wow, now I understand. Now I get it. Daniel chapter 2, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. I want to jump down to verse 21 about the hidden things. And it is he who 
changes the times and epics, he removes kings and establishes kings. He gives wisdom to the wise men and knowledge to men of understanding. It is he who reveals the profound and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells within him. God knows it. Romans chapter 11. And he opens up. He opens up the floodgates. Think about the snow that's falling right now. And as the snow falls from the heavens, it's like God revealing knowledge upon knowledge upon. What if that were just so true and you could just, God's knowledge is falling upon you. What an amazing thing. Read the word of God and allow God to open up the recesses of your mind, the recesses of your heart. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Romans 11 and verse 33, and it goes deep. It goes very, very deep. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who became his counselor? Or who has first given to him that it might be paid back to him again? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. The depth of the word and the knowledge of God. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. How deep will you allow God to penetrate your heart? You have to want it. You, you, have, to, you have to want it. Right? He's not going to force it upon us. He's not going to shove it down our throats. You have to want it. And if you want it, he'll give it to you. How deep do you want God to penetrate your heart? Verse 1, Colossians chapter 2. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have on your behalf. And for those who are in Laodicea. And for all those who have not personally seen my face. That their hearts may be encouraged. Having been knit together in love. And attaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding, resulting in true knowledge of God's mystery, that is, Christ himself, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. It's hidden, right? There, there's people, you hear people say, I, I don't get it, because it's hidden. Isn't that deep? It's hidden. And you've studied with people, and, and they've said, I don't, I don't get it. And then later in life, someone says, I get it. Right? It's amazing how life, it's amazing. The book is so alive. The Word of God is so alive. And it, it, it opens our minds to amazing things. Things that we thought we knew and we thought that we understood. And you read it and you study it and your mind blossoms and opens up to amazing revelations that come from the Lord. But you've got to read it and pray about it. And allow God to open up your heart to understand. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. I really had a a really funny uh, Bible study one time. Uh, Let's turn to Psalm 139. And uh, the individual uh, said to me, you know, I kind of believe the Bible, but, but, but... at the same time, I don't believe the Bible. And you can, this is a teenager. And they said, you know, but tell you what, 
if you can show me math in the Bible, because you keep telling me that the Bible talks about everything and, and this, can you, if you can show me math in there, then I'll believe the Bible. And so we opened it up and we started studying all the math problems in the Bible. <laughs> oh, wow, it does talk about everything. Yeah, well, I mean, generically, right? In principle, in principle, there's everything that you'll ever need in the Scriptures. Verse 1 of Psalm 139. O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou dost know when I sit down and when I rise up. Thou dost understand my thought from afar. Thou dost scrutinize my path, my lying down, and are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there was a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, Thou dost know it all. Thou hast enclosed me behind and before and laid thy hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot attain to it. Where can I go from thy spirit? Or where can I flee from thy presence? God, you, God you're everywhere. Right? I mean, that's the idea. And the, and the knowledge of God is, 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 is amazing. And, and it's so impressive. And, and the question tonight uh, that I'll ask is, why wouldn't you want to know it? Let's turn to Hosea, please. Why wouldn't you want to know it? To know what, what God wants us to know. The revealed message of God. The, the words of God. Why wouldn't you want to know it as a child of God? Someone, you know, the reason I don't want to know is because I think if I don't know, then I'm safe. Ignorance is not bliss, brother. It's not, it's not about not what you don't know. Brethren, we need to know it because it is an open book test. It's an open book test and God has revealed it to us. We need to know it. We have to study it. We can't use someone else's faith. We, we can't say we think this. We have to know it. Israel, Israel had a problem. Uh, they didn't know it. And it wasn't that they didn't know it in that God revealed it to them. They didn't know it because they didn't want to know it. They wouldn't listen. They wouldn't listen to the prophets. They wouldn't listen to the message of God. And listen to what the Bible says. When you don't listen to the message of God, listen to what happens to the hearts of humanity, to society. Verse 1 of Hosea chapter 4. Listen to the word of the Lord, O sons of Israel. For the Lord has a case against the inhabitants of the land. Because there is no faithfulness or kindness or knowledge of God in the land. You see what happens? That when, when you don't have God's word, and we're not listening to God's word, there, there, something goes away from the world. Faithfulness goes away. Kindness goes away. The very things that, that we need to survive in life, it just, it just goes away. Not only that, verse 2. There is swearing, deception, murder, stealing, and adultery. They employ violence so that bloodshed follows bloodshed. What was going on? Israel lacked the knowledge of God because they refused to listen. And Israel became worse and worse. Their land became worse and worse. And God gives us the book of Hosea. The prophet Hosea comes along and declares to them the message of God. And here's what he says in verse 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you've rejected knowledge. I also reject you from being my priest. Since you have forgotten the law of your God. I also will forget your children. Ignorance, right? They forgot. And they were being destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. 
They destroyed themselves. They destroyed themselves. You know, Rome, um, you, you could say Rome imploded, you know, uh, because they grew, they died from within, right? They, they refused to allow the word of God to penetrate their hearts. And so as a result of that, they destroyed themselves. Their client kingships, all the issues they had was from within and they, they implode, they destroyed themselves. And here Israel time and time again went off to captivity because they wouldn't listen to the message of God. Thessalonians, please. Second Thessalonians chapter one. A lack of knowledge is not an excuse. I think some of the passages of scriptures that oftentimes we just kind of pass by them are, are some of the most, some of the most scariest. Like, like this one. You know, this is a scary passage of scripture as God is conveying a message to the apostle. Over in verse, uh, verse six, listen to what he says about ignorance. For after all, it is only just for God to repay with affliction those who afflict you and to give relief to you who are afflicted and to us as well when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, dealing out retribution to those who do not know God and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And these will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power when He comes to be glorified in His saints on that day and to be marveled at among all who have believed for our testimony to you was believed. God says to those who do not know, those who do not obey, ignorance is not an excuse. On judgment day, God is not going to say, well, you never knew, so therefore you're excused. And the reason that God is never going to say that is because if you want to know, God will always ensure the message of God comes to you. Tonight, the question is, do you want to know? Do you want to know? Chapter 2 of Second Thessalonians, look at verse 7. Here was the issue of the heart. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then that lawless one will be revealed from whom the Lord will slay with the breath of his mouth and bring to an end by the appearing of his coming. That is, the one whose coming is in accord with the activity of Satan, with all power and signs and false wonders. And we'll deal with that whole thing one day. Verse 10, with all deception of wickedness for those who perish, because, it's because they did not receive love of the truth, so as to be saved. That's why Israel perished. That's why people are perishing today. It's because they don't want to be saved. And that's sad, isn't it? And, and the one thing about the Word of God is that once you start reading it, you become addicted to it. Because it's so amazing and so beautiful and so wonderful. You have to explore it. And look at, and find, if you will, just the subject that you want. Right, to know more about. Turn over to First Timothy. The subject that you want to know more about, maybe you ought to start there. What do you want to know more about? There's this thread. It's an amazing thread. It runs from Genesis to Revelation. And this thread continues all the way through. And there is a connection and a connective link between each book of the Bible. And it's absolutely incredible. And it's beautiful. 
And whatever the subject is, whatever the subject matter that you can ever come up with, you start in Genesis, you'll find the thread. It'll run from Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation. It's an absolutely amazing study, and it's personal. So maybe you start right there, or maybe you want to know more about a book, or whatever it is that you want to know more about, you got to start somewhere. And I encourage you to think about where it is you might want to start. Some people do not want to know what is in the Word of God. I didn't want to know. I kind of knew, but I didn't know. When I say I kind of knew, what I meant was probably not a whole lot good about me. (laughs) I kind of knew that God would expect me to change. I kind of knew that much. I couldn't prove it. I didn't know where it might have been in the Bible, but I just expected that God would have wanted me to change my life. And so I stood away from it for a little while until one day I was ready to study. But how sad it is, there are multitudes of people today, today, people have died today who are dying in ignorance, who will stand before God. How sad it is. It just, it just, it increases um, our, our, the necessity of the need of humanity, or should I say Christians, to spread the gospel to a lost and dying world. There's a need, brethren. There's a need for us not to go along with the ebb and flow of the world. There's a need for us to make a stand and tell folks about Jesus. There's a need for us not to say, well, you know, these people are okay, because only God can decide to determine that. There's a need, brethren. There's a work. There's a a job that God has for us. Verse 1. Here's one thing that's needed. Beginning at verse 1. For first of all, then, I urge that entreaties and prayers and petitions and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all men. For kings and all who are in authority, in order that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. You know, the whole idea is not about, you know, really which king is in in power. The idea is that we are able to worship God, regardless of which king is in power. Because this world is not our home. You see, that's what we've missed sometimes. That's the goal. The goal is, Lord, whoever it is that's ruling or leading, allow us, please, to worship you in tranquility, in quietness of spirit. In verse 3, this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. The Apostle Paul had to go preach to those kings, and he did. Later he died. He was executed. And yet God is still good. So the responsibility of the child of God is to do what God expects of us, and that is to help others. Second Peter, please, chapter 3, to help others to know the Word of God. And not only that, but to live by the Word of God itself because it is God who wishes for no one to perish. God wants everyone to be saved. Everyone. And all that we have to do is want Him. And want the knowledge of God. Second Peter 3 and verse 9. The Lord is not slow about his promises. As some count slowness. But is patient towards you. Not wishing for any to perish. But for all to come to repentance. God wants everyone to be saved. Is there someone uh, that you know today has lost? That maybe you, you haven't had the, the courage or maybe you might say the opportunity or whatever it may be to give them some mess or some kind of message from God, to give them a, a scripture or to help them in some way. Pray about that. 
that's just part of, I think, the 28 days as well. Pray about that individual, that opportunity for God to open up the doors. And you never know, you never know what's going to affect people. Uh, one of the weirdest stories I ever heard, I'm going to give you this and, and close out. We're going to Ezekiel 33. It was about a man who was uh, a, an older man. His, his father and mother and, and, and other folks were members of the Lord's church. Uh, he was not. And he, he just, you know, he just decided he wasn't going to believe in the Bible. He wasn't going to listen and, and all those things. It wasn't until way later in his life, the preacher goes up and preaches a sermon from Matthew chapter 1. And, and all he did was, you know, he read the genealogy. He talked about the genealogy. So-and-so begot so-and-so. Who begot so-and-so? 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 And then he noticed the guy was squirming around, if you will, in his seat. Didn't know why. The, game, the guy came forward at the end of the message uh, on that day and said, I need to get baptized into Christ. I need my sins washed away. I believe. And the preacher, you know, just kind of wondered, I just preached on the genealogy. Why not? How that? He said, every time you said, so-and-so begot so-and-so, who begot so-and-so, who begot so-and-so, what I kept hearing was, this person died and stood before God. This person died and stood before God. This person died and stood before God. This person died. And he just, and so he was thinking about his eternal destiny. Maybe there's someone at your workplace, in your home, wherever it may be, who's thinking about their eternal destiny. The Word of God is so deep It'll penetrate their hearts. God doesn't want anyone to perish. Verse 11 of Ezekiel 33. Say to them, as I live, declares the Lord God, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways. Why then will you die, O house of Israel? Tonight, I wonder, is there someone in the audience who wants to be saved? God says, I don't want you to die lost. Turn back from your wicked ways. Let the Lord reign in your hearts. Tonight, if you've heard his word and you believed it, and you have godly sorrow in your heart, and you're willing to confess his name, be baptized in mercy and water for the remission of sins, if we can help you tonight, if you remember the body of Christ and you're struggling in your faith, If we can help you tonight, please come while together we stand and sing our song of invitation. Why don't you come?